Blog Talk Radio. So, those are all the ways you can participate in the show, as I said before. 
All right, so with all that, it's time for your music, man. And, you know, it's Monday. So when you got the Monday doldrums, you know, just hanging out at, on at that office and you're really not doing much and you're looking like, man, it's Monday. I really don't want to be bothered. Well, we're going to see if we can't pep you up a little bit, just a little bit, all right? So we're going to bring you a little whispers and rock steady, baby. Hey, I'll talk to y'all in about five minutes. Enjoy this music.
songs of the day. Not one, but two. All right. You had the Whispers and Rock Steady. Then you had Mr. L.J. Reynolds come get to this, an old a remake of an old Mar- 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 Marvin Gaye classic. All right. So I hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. You can listen to it some more. But anyway, let's get on with the show. All right. Once again, welcome back to Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talk in the House. My sidekick, my whole co-host, P. Ross will be here with us in a minute, but until then, let me tell you how you can be a part of the show one more again. That's right, one more again. Tell you what. And it's easy. It's easy. 
Another thing you can do is call me at 347-838-8622. You can email me at ericletstalk at gmail.com. And our chat room is open at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. So those are all the ways you can participate in the show. And I do look forward to hearing from each and every one of you because we always highly encourage and really appreciate your input while we're doing the show. All right. Now. If you should happen to log into the chat room and you give something that says the chat room is full, please continue to try because the chat room is not full. <laughs> it's just one of those crazy glitches. We're gonna be we're gonna try and work on that a little bit during the show. See, we can't get it fixed, but keep trying, okay? Do that for me. <laughs> I appreciate it. All right. So, with all that being said, you know, as I said before at the beginning of the show, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, uh, we have a lot to talk about today. I mean, who we have so much, so much, so much. We got the um, we have some answers from the last show, some issues raised raised on the last show, and I told y'all I'd do some research and find out for you. So we got answers to that. Um, and also. We gonna talk about a road cop that arrested two little girls, man. I mean, I mean this guy, he was crazy. <laughs> but I want to get your, I'm gonna get your um input on that because it's, it's it's interesting, especially something the grandmother said, and I was like, ah, I don't know about that excuse she used, but we are gonna talk a little bit about that as well because it's interesting, it really is, and um, we're gonna talk a little bit about Iran, Saudi Arabia, oil. Your military troops being deployed. Um, yeah, we're going to talk a little white nationalism, Candace Owens, uh, Department of uh, Homeland Security. Oh, yeah. We we got it all, man. We got it all. I mean, <laughs> from one end to the other. One end to the other. So, you know, and I want to hear what you have to think. You have to, what I want to hear what you think about anything we're talking about, okay? So don't hesitate. Even if you're at work, you know, and you're listening in your earphones and, you know, nobody knows you listen to, you can always shoot me a, 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 a email at ericletz, L-E-T-S, talk at gmail.com. And for those that have other means of, you know, contacting me, you can send me messages like that as well and let me know you want to put it on the show, and I'll be more than happy to repeat what you sent me. Okay, all I ask is that you keep it clean. Okay, just keep it clean. <laughs> if you want it on the show, keep it clean. All right, y'all know how we roll here on Let's Talk. We don't do all that other. We don't do all that other stuff now. You know, we we, we try to keep it clean and adult. Don't did it. <laughs> I created a new word. Hopefully, they put it in dictionary next next year. Adult it. All right. So anyway. Anyway, it's that time, man, for us to do um, something we we got away from, and uh, I'm gonna have to work it back into the show once again because you know, it's important. I always say, Black history is Black history, and it's very important. And uh, we're gonna be talking about uh, Miss Jane C. Wright. Okay, now, I hope y'all y'all ready. But before we go any further, let me. My co-host in P. Ross, what's going on? How you doing? It's been a minute since we heard you on the air. Tell us what's been going on. Well, I've been traveling a lot, and um, 
I actually started my own show with my people. My people. I was raised from four to six. I've been doing a lot. Been doing a lot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well then. Yes, y'all. She has her own show. It's a wonderful show. Um, if my people. I hope I got that name right. And uh, it's on Thursdays, correct? Thursday. Yes, Thursday yeah. four to six, four to five, four to six, four to whenever I just shut up talking. And that's Eastern Standard Time, all right? That's Eastern Time. Y'all just y'all need to know that. For some of y'all, because, you know, you can't tell time anyway. Uh, you always been operating on the CP time, so we let you know. It's standard time zone, okay? So if you're in, the, in another different time zone, you need to work that out. Work that out. You know, get your calculators out. <laughs> or Google it. Y'all, y'all like to Google stuff? Google it. All right. So anyway. With all that being said, you ready to bring us our black history person, Miss Jane C. Wright? That sounds like that sounds like um getting ready to write a write a um a song or something. Jane C. Wright, she was you know I, I'm gonna be a rapper one day. I think I think I'm gonna be half rapper, half singer, and I'm gonna break it down for y'all. <laughs> but anyway, without further ado, man, here's my co-host P. Ross and the Black History. Moment. Take it away, P. All right. Today All we right. have um, James Lee Wright, who is James Jane Cookie Wright, who is also known as James Jones or Mrs. Jane Jones. She was born on November 20th, 1919, and she died February 19th in 2013. Jane was a pioneering cancer researcher and surgeon. Um, she was noted for her contributions to chemotherapy. Y'all didn't know that, did you? Mm, now nah, you do. In particular, she is credited with developing the technique of using human tissue culture rather than laboratory mice to test effects of potential drugs on cancer cells. She also pioneered the use of the drug methoxytrexate to treat breast cancer and skin cancer, which is known as mycosis fungoid. Her early life, she was born in Manhattan to Corrine Cook, who was a public school teacher, and her father, Louis C. Wright, was a graduate of Meharry Medical College. He was one of the first African-American graduates from Harvard Medical School. Um, He also was from a medical family. He was the child of Dr. Che Ketchum Wright, a physician who graduated from Ben Cate Medical College and stepson of William Fletcher Penn, who was the first American, African-American graduate of Yale Medical College. Her uncle, Harold Danford West, was also a physician who ultimately, who ultimately became president of Meharry Medical College. During these times, the times that she was growing up, her father continuously fought against racial injustice and declared the American Medical Association responsible for the existing racial discrimination in the medical field. He publicly stated that the American Medical Association demonstrated as much interest in the health of the Negro as Hitler had in the health of the Jews. In becoming physicians, Jane Wright and her sister Barbara Wright Pierce Both follow in their father's and grandfather's footsteps, overcoming both gender and racial bias 
succeeded in a largely white male profession. After medical school, she did residences at Bellevue Hospital, that was in 45 and 46, and Harlem Hospital in 47 and 48. She completed her tenure at Harlem Hospital as chief resident. In 1949, she joined her father in research at the Harlem Hospital Cancer Research Center, which he had founded, succeeding him as director when he died in 1952. At 55, she accepted a research appointment at New York University's Bellevue Medical Center as associate professor of surgical research and director of cancer research. In 49, she joined her father at the Cancer Research Foundation at Harlem Hospital. During the time, it was a research institute. She and her father sparked an interest in chemotherapeutic agents. They were interested in making chemotherapy more accessible to everyone because in the 1940s, chemotherapy was still a very new development. It was not well known, and the dosage was not very well defined. So both Jane and her father wanted to make it more accessible and more accessible method of cancer treatment. They were the first groups to report the use of nitrogen mustard agents and folic acid antagonists as cancer treatment. The folic acid antagonist can block the folic acid in the body, which is required for cells to reproduce certain types of amino acids. By inhibiting the folic acid cells are unavailable are unavailable are un, are unable to make new strands of DNA or RNA. In other words, they're not able to produce proteins to drive mitosis because cancer cells are highly proliferated compared to the other classes in the human body. It is crucial to stop mitosis from happening. The folic acid antagonists that were tested were probably the most important discovery because the antifolates are highly potent against a vast array of solid tumors, including several types of leukemia, Hodgkin's disease, lymphosarcoma, melanoma, breast cancer, and prostate cancer. Methotrexate is still one of the main chemotherapy drugs used today to treat many types of cancer and it has been a basis for all modern chemotherapy. Rice research, it also involves studying the effects of various drugs on tumors, and she was the first to identify methotrexate, one of the foundational chemotherapy drugs, as an effective tool against cancerous tumors. Rice's early work brought chemotherapy out of the realm of an untested experimental hypothetical treatment into the realm of tested, proven, effective cancer therapeutics, thus literally saving millions of lives. Wright and her father introduced nitrogen mustard agents similar to the mustard gas compound used in World War War. Imagine that. Something that was used for war as a biological agent is now being transformed into something to fight cancer cells and in leukemia patients. That is just so amazing. See, you never know until you study. Wright later pioneered combinatorial work in chemotherapeutics, focusing not simply on administering multiple drugs, but sequential and dosage variations to increase the effectiveness of chemotherapy and minimize the side effects. 
she was successful in identifying treatments for both breast and skin cancer. Also for developing a chemotherapy protocol that increased skin cancer patients' lifespan for up to 10 years. She also developed a non-surgical method using a catheter system to deliver potent drugs to tumors located deep within the body, such as in the liver and the spleen. She published more than 100 papers on cancer chemotherapeutics during her career and served on the editorial board of the Journal of the National Medical Association. During her career, Cook also collaborated with cell biologist and physiologist Jewel Plummer Cobb, another noted African-American woman scientist. In addition to research and clinical work, Wright was professionally active. From 1964, she was the only woman among seven physicians who helped to found the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Then in 1971, she was the first woman elected president of the New York Cancer Society. Wright was appointed associate dean and head of the cancer chemotherapy department at New York Medical College in 1967. Apparently, the highest-ranked African-American physician at a prominent medical college at the time, and certainly the highest-ranked African-American woman physician, she was appointed to the National Cancer Advisory Board, also known as the National Cancer Advisory Council by U.S. President London Johnson, serving there from 66 to 1970, and the President's Commission of Heart Disease, Cancer, and Stroke from 64 through 65. White was also internationally active, leading delegation of oncologists to China and the Soviet Union and countries in Africa and Eastern Europe. She worked in Ghana in 1957 and in Kenya in 1961 treating cancer patients. From 1973 to 84, she served as vice president of the African Research and Medical Foundation. She was also the recipient of many awards, including the Honorary Doctor of Medical Science degree from the Women's Medical College of Pennsylvania. Wright retired in 1985 and was appointed Emerita Professor of New York Medical College in 1987. In describing her pioneering research in chemotherapy, she told reporter Phil Ekman, there's lots of fun in exploring the unknown. There's no greater thrill than in having an experiment turn out in such a way that you make positive contributions. Her personal history, she was, um, in 47, she married David D. Jones, and the couple had two daughters, Jane Wright Jones and Allison Jones. Her husband was an attorney and became founder of the Anti-Poverty and job training organizations for young African Americans. Unfortunately, in 1975, her husband died of heart failure. In addition to uh, her love of the sciences, Jane was fond of watercolor, painting, reading mystery novels, swimming, and sailing. Upon receiving the Merit Award from Mademoiselle in 1952, she noted, my plans for the future are to continue seeking a cure for cancer, to be a good mother to my children, and a good wife to my husband. She died on February 19th in 2013. And that is a short history of what Jane B. Wright did. Yes, yes. All right. 
That's what I'm talking about right there. That's some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful things that Leon did. Thank you for that history lesson. Really, 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 really appreciate it. Hey, you know what? We got to get our music back for the um, back here. I got to find it again. But anyway, thank you, Pete. Oh, Lord have mercy. I tell you, you ready for this, Pete? You ready? Because you sent me this one article we're about to get into here. And um, it, it was very interesting, to say the least. Um and I decided I'm going to lead off the show with it today. And it's regarding uh, <laughs> um, it's regarding the two little girls that are, were arrested by the, the um, police officer um, and taken handcuffed, put in a car, and taken to a juvenile facility. One was actually, um, what did they say, it had a mugshot taken, was fingerprinted, yep. and actually yep. has a court date. Now, here's the interesting part about it actually has a court date and it has been said if she does not make that court date they will issue a warrant for her and now we talking about a six-year-old child y'all six years old six years old i mean this is just ridiculous one and to give you the backstory on it (laughs) one one child was eight years old and one was six years old okay um, this officer he arrested two elementary school children, two, and he charged a six-year-old with battery. You know when she threw a temper tantrum and kicked somebody. Um, like I said before, was handcuffed and taken to the juvenile detention center. Uh, yeah. Now, come to find out, the officer did not follow any type, any type of uh, procedure that he was supposed to follow in in these in this situation. Um, he was supposed to get before doing anything as far as arresting these children or what have you. But for some reason, he did not do this. Now, um, <laughs> this is just uh, absolutely crazy. And he actually charged those kids with misdemeanors. Yeah, he he actually charged it with misdemeanors. Now, can you imagine if this little girl never goes to court? All right, she's six years old. Sometime down further in life, she gets stopped for the for a ticket, and all of a sudden she's going to jail. And they arrest her, say she has a warrant out for arrest, but she's never done anything from something that was done at six years old by some overzealous uh, retired police officer. And, 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 I mean. Really? How how stupid can you get? I mean, I understand these some of these kids are, are kind of unruly. That's true. All right, but really, really. Okay. Now, that's the negative side of it. Now, after giving it some thought and getting over my my immediate uh uh, uh upsetness. Yes, I'm creating work today. Y'all work with me here. <laughs> After getting rid of my create, getting over my um, original upsetness, I thought about some things. Y'all know me. I, I try and think both ways on this stuff. Now, honestly, if it was my child, yes, yeah, we would have. I, there would be an issue. There would be an issue. Uh, I'm not gonna even go front on that line. That 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 that, that thing right there. However, what I'm going to say is, maybe, just maybe. Somewhere in this great universe, that the this this action right here may help those young ladies 
stated behind trouble later on in life. Now, I'm just saying, you know, I'm just shooting it out there. Of course, you know, that's me thinking on both sides of the, of the, of the well here, you know. I can see the negative side, but sometimes you have to kind of see what the positive side is. If there is a positive side, some of y'all not agreeing with me on this, but it's okay. I have no problem with you not agreeing with me. But you have to take a look at that, though. Maybe this was a life, early life lesson that will, uh, uh, how can I put it, that would help them along the way as they grow up and mature. They this experience with law enforcement and, you know, do what's right and won't get in any more trouble, even though they really weren't in, in, in much trouble. But here's my thing. The grandmother said the six-year-old, she was acting out because she had, um, <laughs> well, she's got sleep apnea. Um, uh, <sighs> Now, I know we all have sleep apnea. A lot of us have sleep apnea, okay? And, you know, we, we know that's what we have. But I don't remember sleep apnea causing you to act in any kind of sort of way. I, I may be missing out on that, and I have to do some research behind that. But I don't remember sleep apnea causing you to act out in, act out in any uh, um, demonstrative or uh, negative or destructive manners. Like I said, I may be wrong, but I don't think I'm that wrong. So I think the grandmother was trying to find a, a, an excuse for the child, which may be an issue in itself, because this may be behavior that is accepted at home. However, you know, she's going to have to learn. You can't do that out here in this world with these folk, because these folk would either would either put a bullet in you or they will put them, them civil bracelets on you. It's just that simple. And throw you behind those bars. They don't care. So I I'm I'm grandmother if that's the excuse she's using, talking about she's they're trying to get some help. Well, I'm you know, having sleep apnea is not has never caused anybody to act out that I'm aware of. I'm sorry. I I I just haven't seen it. And I know some people with some really, really bad sleep apnea because I'm one of them. But anyway, let me hear what my co-host has to say. She sent me the article, and that's my take on the on the cop arresting you know these two little girls. Yes, it was wrong. I, I'm I'm not saying it wasn't wrong. Okay, now, let me be clear. And you know that's what the politicians say now. Let me be clear. <laughs> I'm not saying it was right for him to arrest those those little girls, those little children. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is. The grandmother need to stop making excuses for that child acting out. That's what I'm saying. She needs to get a hold on that. You know, when you start when you start uh, expecting uh, school teachers and other people to, to discipline and handle uh, calm children down, that's not the way to go. It, it, it really isn't. You know, and any parent will tell you that. So, you know, when, when we read stories, when we see stories like this, I think you know, once we get over our initial upsetness, um, <laughs> okay, let me stop. Once, once we get over being upset about it, we have to sit back and really take a look at the whole picture and, and see what could have what could have been done to prevent it. You know, it says that when the child was acting up, 
And, and one of the teachers grabbed him by the hands, grabbed him by the hand. You know, and that's when she kicked. So, you know, you, you really have to look at this whole thing. Go ahead, Pete. Tell me what you got on this. Okay. Okay. Um, I was looking at something because I, I, I read something um, um, in the article that she said her child had sleep apnea. Well, the girl is only six years old. She has sleep apnea. All of those side effects, ADHD, the acting out, and all of that is a part of that. Now, it was inappropriate, and I don't think that that is her making excuses for the child. Number one, that's a six-year-old child. You all are adults. You want to arrest a six-year-old? That's that, that that that's your best judgment and charge her with assault. No, it's not going to make her. Um, it's not going to make her. I don't think make her think that. Oh well, I I better act. I better you know try to act better or whatever. If she has all these other ailments that seemingly are uncontrollable. What is what is going to instill in her is the fear of the police. That's what that that's what it is it, it, it's going to be. And I believe you know as a result of that you know she's going to have that fight or flight mode where naturally she's going to fight because she's going to say oh no they're going to take me to jail oh no I ain't going. See so you know. You have to look at it on an individual basis. If her grandmother, you know, said, okay, she has sleep apnea, you know, this will cause her to act out, which, you know, in in doing a little bit of uh, research, it it says that children with sleep apnea uh, destroy troubling brain changes in areas involved with thinking and problem solving, you know. You know, um, it says uh, previous studies have found sleep apnea can produce changes in the brain by causing nerve cells nerve to, to, to a lot of the problems that they have or learning problems, ADHD, um, and and those are just some of the things that the children suffer with. It was very inappropriate for this to tell the group where I have sleep apnea and I don't act like that. You're an adult, fool. What kind of response is that? But I do think that but it was appropriate for them to um, immediately um, suspend him, discharge him, or whatever they did for him, put him on leave, um, because he didn't even he didn't even obtain approval for the child to be transported anywhere. And when the transport officer um, was made aware that approval was not obtained. Then he ended up, you know, taking the eight-year-old, you know, um, that he took to the juvenile center. He ended up taking him back to school or her back to school. See, so it was just a lot of things that were done that was done out of order, and I just think out of an emotional response from a man, you know, who, you know, shouldn't be working in a public school system anyway. If that's your best logic, you're gonna arrest a six-year-old. You're gonna arrest uh, an eight-year-old. Come on now, for a, for throwing a tantrum, for throwing a tantrum. And number one, why? You know, they said that the teacher or the principal or somebody was grabbing the child's wrist. 
uh, anybody knows, if, if your child is having a tantrum, they're kicking and screaming, what are you going to grab them from the front for? You know, every parent knows, okay, you either just let them have their tantrum on the floor, okay, all right, you know, call a parent, whatever, you know, but as far as you're putting your hands on them, that's a no-no. If they're not endangering anybody, they're not endangering themselves, okay. So it was just, a, I, I just, in looking at it, you know, from the outside looking in, I just think it was a lot of things done wrong here by the adults. And I really don't think that anybody involved in that situation had any concern for the welfare of those children. That's just my personal uh-huh. opinion. Uh-huh. Okay. That's your personal opinion. And you made some valid points. You really did. You made some outstanding points. But I'm still going to say, no, no, I, I'm not buying that, the sleep apnea. Now, now, as I said before, you know, I'm not donating that off dead or order those you do that. However, however, um, I just think about the, the 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 thing about sleep apnea caused this child to do that. And, and you know, you mentioned some HDHD and DDD and BCBS and all that good stuff. We already know that in today's society, they give these they they classify our children with all this great stuff just and just to put them on that medication. And it could be actually the medication itself that's causing them to do what they do. Yeah, you take half them children off that stuff, they're fine, you know. And it's amazing how in today's society, still here in 2019, we're still falling for that. You know, we're supposed to be awake, alive, aware of some of this that's going on, but yet we still have the same stuff going on. It's it's, it's quite interesting, you know. And you know, when when the grandmother was talking, I was looking at her. And I'm not trying to be funny or, or facetious or anything. She didn't look like she was that bright herself. So maybe she don't under, she doesn't understand exactly what's wrong with the child, and she's just going by what she's been told. So regardless. Even, 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 even with that being said, even if it's a side effect from, from, from the medication that the child is taking, if, if she is indeed on medication or whatever, because it doesn't say that, um, you know, if, if if you're having something going on in your brain that whether it's medically induced or whether it's in, in, induced by whatever disease that you have, you know, and, and, and you're a child, you're not going to be able to regulate your behavior on your own, regardless of how you put it, regardless of how you try to sugarcoat it, how you try to explain it away, you know, these still are children. Children are active, they run around, they do stuff, you know, and, and and sometimes it doesn't always amount to discipline. Sometimes they just cannot control themselves. I was listening to the article, Classic Point, on NPR yesterday about this teacher. I think she was in Ohio, I'm not sure. But what she did for her class is she got uh, – Little things for kids that sit, you know, so she give them little things in their hands so they can pay attention and still get their work done. She, they had for the kids who always like to get up, run around, just gotta move their feet. She went and got um um peddlers. So under their desk, 
when they feel like they want to get them up and, and run and move and stuff, they're pedaling. You know, they're still moving their feet that, that, that satisfies that urge for them to get up and want to run around or do all. Children are active anyway. And, and the right. stuff that's in food, the stuff that's in the medication, you know, these days is not healthy. If you really want to help the children learn, as this teacher said yesterday, you find ways to do that and stop making excuses. Stop making the children victims of their own environment. You already know, like you said, her mother looked like she was slow. Well, maybe she don't know. And I'm not saying that it's the children, it's, it, it, all the responsibility falls on, on that teacher, but it is up to her to control her class, you know. Right. And it should be somewhere, you know, and, and we've talked about this, we've said this, you know, in our society or in our community, or it used to be that way. If parents didn't know, you know, other parents help, other people help. Now they're just out there alone just wavering in the wind, and, and the children are the ones that are suffering. The children are the ones that are suffering. Our children are the ones that are suffering. They're the ones that's being set up, you know, to, to not be able to make responsible decisions as adults, you know, not to be able to, to hold down the job because they never learned to really read or write or fill out a, a, a job application properly or to address adults properly or to speak properly. So where is the future if they're not being taught any of this? Just that just that percentage of our children that are not being taught that and nobody's taking the time to do that. You know, and I know you're going to talk about uh, um, uh, white supremacy, but that gives a leeway, you know, for them to say, oh, well, they don't know nothing, and then put up additional roadblocks, you know, formulate additional standardized tests and all of this that, that they know that these children, because they've had inadequate education due to whatever environmental you know, disadvantages they, they may have had, you know, they're not going to be able to, to pass those. In other words, it's a prescription or it's a setup for failure. And I believe that the demonstration of, of the police taking a right straight from school to jail, that is the pathway, from school to jail to the graveyard. That's the pathway. That is the pathway. And and, and we know this and, and, you know, we can talk about it, but, you know, Something more has to be done. More has to be done for those less fortunate, as they say, who who don't have as much, or who are not as educated, or who don't have the the uh, additional resources to be successful. Because that definitely is that is the pathway for a lot of our children. I can't argue with that. That, that I can't argue with it, uh, a lot of that. I can't. Because we know there, there, there is, there was, uh, no, it wasn't. There was, there is. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what what call it back back today? School to prison pipeline. You know, starting at a certain grade, they they marked the ones they knew was gonna be in prison and the ones they didn't. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, we know this already. However, however. You know, I, I like that example about that, that one teacher who went above and beyond. See, that's a teacher that's going above and beyond what, you know, what, what their job description says. 
Now, if all the teachers were to do that, yes, it, I mean, it'd be a wonderful thing. But we know it, 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 all of them aren't doing that. Number one, some of them can't afford to do all that. Number two, some of the school districts don't have the funds to do all that, thanks to our education um, secretary and all that good stuff and, and the president. Um, number three, some of them just don't care to do enough of that. So, now that that's really, number one. Some of them that that's huh? number one. Some that, that's number one. Some of them just don't care to do all that. You know, because well, she didn't have she didn't have she said she didn't have the funds to do it. You know, mm-hmm. so she 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 created ways to obtain the the money to do it. She had to buy school supplies for her class anyway. They did a certain amount that's appropriated to them. She just chose to use it for that. And when they asked her about it, oh, you bought this, this, and this, and she explained it to them. They thought she was crazy, you know. She yeah. always had to defend her position on why she was getting those things. And, you know, and, at the end of the day, you know, when the test scores, when it went, when, when, when her classes, you know, went from an F to a C, you know, in a matter of months. Then people got behind it. Sometimes you just got to jump out there and be the and be the lone rebel on your own. If you know something, it can work. But you have to be willing to do that. You have to have the compassion to do that. So the number one thing is that you know has to be you know you you just don't care. It's not always not about money because if you really want to do something, regardless of whether you have the funds or not, there is a way to get it done. And I know everybody is not going to agree with me. You know, some people just see it as oh, it's just a job. Okay, to you. But maybe to the but next person, the next it's not person, because the children future. are the future. You know, they're going to be your citizens, your legislators, your, you know, CEOs and all of that, policymakers. You know, and and when you in your 70s and 80s, do you want, do you want another 45, you know, doing the things that, that, that they're doing now? Do you really want that? You know, you know, you know. It, it's interesting you say that because one, you know, once you started talking about that, something came to my mind here that recently was was just the 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 thing to do, and there was videos and everything, and it's about it was about these dang on uh, um, chicken sandwiches between I think it was who was it Popeyes and somebody else Popeyes and, and, Popeyes and um it was it was it's Popeyes and Chick-fil-A Okay I see I haven't had any of um, of any of them so I really don't me, care me, but anyway. me, me either me either <laughs> um, but yeah that's what those videos were about here's the point I'm trying to make now see we we didn't got into some uh, a good little groove here and I, I like this now see if you take all those people that were in these in these Popeyes fighting over a chicken sandwich, you know, lining up, promoting it all on Facebook, so forth and so on. Now, if you got all those people and they paid that much attention, that much attention to their child's education and what actually goes on on a daily basis in their child's school and, you know, things in their performance, then I think. I do believe we would have a better uh, outcome of for our children. However, for some ungodly reason, we cherish, you know, fads like chicken sandwiches over our, uh, over our kids' education. 
and it's just crazy. It, it, it really is. But that that's just goes to show where the priorities are now. The priorities aren't on helping your kid. Um, you know, well, I'm not gonna say y'all. I'm not gonna say y'all. Okay, let me change that. Because I know there are some of us out there that we do cherish it. You know, we we understand our children, and we we do you know make sure their education. We if we don't have to educate them, we educate them ourselves. You know, we correct some of the things that's being taught in school. You know, in these schools because they teach some crazy things. And I know I know low. You know, Sadat. I know he he does the same thing. So. I know at least that's one, too. Well, cuz, too. I know cuz do, too. You know, and P, I know you do, too. You you, you give, you know, you educate the, the young people that you deal with on a daily basis. So I know at least there's some of us out there that's doing what we need to do. However, we need more. We need more in our community to do that. You know, who cares about a freaking chicken sandwich? Yeah, I said sandwich. Who cares about that? You know, they run you in there fighting, tearing up the restaurant. Why? Why? Now you're going to be put behind bars. Now how does that look? But you won't go and put up that much fight when that teacher is in there mistreating your child or teaching your child something wrong. You won't even say anything about that. You just sign the paper and send it back. Duh. Don't you think that's backward? I do. But anyway. <laughs> I went on a rant, did I know I went on a rant. <laughs> I'm sorry, it just popped in my head. I had to get that out. I, I really did. I, I really, really, really did. Um, but yeah, so back to what we're talking about. Yes, the the officer, you know, and, and when they, they call them resource officers, but honestly, a lot of them are retired police officers. Um, and they've been on the force forever and they have no, no, no how to deal with children. They really don't. When it comes to a situation like that, and maybe, maybe just there's more training needed all around, not just from the resource, quote unquote, resource officers, but the, the school staff, the teachers and even the parents. You know, so this type of uh, uh, behavior will not continue to happen because this is it's very, very, very sad. I, I really do. OK, that's what I think. Anyway, anything last words on that, P? No, I said everything I got. And I still say sleep apnea don't cause you to do that. Well, you're not a child. You you're, you're you are not you are not a child. Neither are you a physician nor a researcher. So that's your opinion. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoop de doo. You really, you really sound like that cop. You sound about as asinine as that police officer. I, I sound like that cop. Because uh, yes, yes. I, I would handle that a whole different way, and the child wouldn't have been in hand. Because that's what they ain't gonna sure. Thank you for your assistance in this matter. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> oh man, you know I, I did have to talk about that one. I had to get that out there. Um, let's see. There was something else I wanted to talk about here real quick, and I done lost track now. Because I done got all excited about that conversation right there. So anyway, let's talk about this other thing called white nationalism, supreme, uh, what's it called? White supremacy and all that good stuff. Whoo, man, it's a lot going on with that too. But I am still gonna talk. You know what? 
All right, P, which one? We're going to talk about white nationalism or we're going to talk about the Iran um, nonsense going on? We'll talk about the white nationalism. Uh, you know, because white nationalism, well, we ain't going to go there yet. But anyway, so um, white nationalism is now recognized as a major terror threat by the Department of Homeland Security. Yes, y'all, Homeland Security is saying now yes, yes. White supremacists violent is are violent extremists have adopted an increasing trans increasingly transnational outlook in recent years, in large part due to their ability to form online communities. Now, this is very interesting because the, you know, for so long uh, certain individuals have been trying to get white nationalism, white supremacists, whatever classified as a terrorist organization look like everything being classified as a terrorist organization today but here's the thing about this it's very interesting that they do it now and my friend Miss Candace Owens y'all know who she is yeah the black conservative that was fired from Brexit and um, U.S. Turning Point because of U.S. Turning Point, you know, because she said something against the Jews, and, you know, they had to fire her. But yet, but yet, she's, um, she was testifying, um, uh, 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 she, she's testifying in front of, um, uh, Okay, before I move on, I just got a text. says, most children that have different behavior problems, the source of their problems start with their parents. Okay. I agree. Okay. See, that, that that's what I see. <laughs> okay. Anyway, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. All right. Um, <laughs> uh, Candace Owens, last Friday, she was back in front of Congress at a congressional hearing, and y'all know how she acts when she gets there. You know, she she acts like she's all that, and she's just better. Even though this little heifer, um, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have called her a heifer. But anyway, that heifer, you know, she used the NAACP to get some money on, on a lawsuit back in the day, and um, she got upset when she felt like she wasn't being treated right by Democrats and what have you. So then she decided to you know, become a conservative and they, you know, grabbed her and took her and, and, and molded her and, and taught her well until she gets them Jews and then they fired her behind. Uh, but anyway, you know, she says white supremacy is indeed real, but despite the media's obsessive coverage of it, it represents an isolated, uncoordinated and fringe occurrence within America. Uh, key, Accusing Democrats, she also went on to accuse Democrats of pumping up the issue for political gain by ignoring bigger issues facing blacks in the United States. They were, um, you know, this something she said all the time. You know, we every time she goes there, that's one of her favorite favorite lines. Um, you know, of course, they have called her the new face of black conservatism, and um, you know. Um, herbal, the herbal, the uh, liberal hopes. All right. She also called it hilarious that her fellow panelists did not provide specific numbers of the death toll from right white supremacist violence. You know. So basically, what she said it doesn't exist because you ain't got no numbers to tell me to prove it to me. But uh, oh yes, we do. Um. 
she on she went on to say politics um let's see let's see yeah, she repeated her belief that white nationalism would not crack her list of the top 100 problems facing black Americans. She claims liberals are ignoring problems such as father absence, illiteracy, and abortion, echoing other conservative focal points. You know, of course, she said all this stuff before. And, of course, you know, she she fights, you know, she started, she says she started the Blexit. You know, black exit from the Democratic Party movement, but we know she didn't do that. She just stole it from somebody else. But anyway, um, she went on to say, and she used the, the term that all of them use. Let me be clear. The hearing today is not about white nationalism or hate crimes. It's about fear-mongering, power, and control. It's a preview of a Democrat 2020 election strategy, same as Democrat 2016 election strategy. Um, yeah, that's basically what she went on to say. Of course, she she had a whole bunch of other stuff to say, which is we've heard it before. Okay, we've heard it before. Now, <laughs> yeah, you know, she mentioned father absence, illiteracy, and abortion. Yeah, we know those are some issues that actually do do actually do affect the black community. However. We know that it wasn't something that just was done, um, something that just wasn't done, you know, accepted. You know, it was, it, was, it was done, you know, strategically. That's a good word for it, strategically. Now, here's where she's wrong uh, about how white supremacy, um, uh, white nationalism, you know, has just been used as far as, the Democratic or liberal side. Now, y'all know how I feel about this Democrat, Republican crapola. You know, I say we ought to get away from all that and do our own thing. Uh, you know, of course, you know, that's that's um, being militant, revolutionary, and all that other good stuff, but that's what I say we should do, because that's what we should do. But anyway, I digress and go back to what we're talking here. Anyway. <laughs> now, Ms. Owens would like you like you to believe that the liberals or the Democrats, as she has said, um, uh, you know, are the reason are the reason for all this stuff. Well, now we know good and well that this president that we have in office today um, has repeatedly repeatedly downplayed all the threat of white supremacy, you know, starting from um, Charlottesville, you know, to um, David Duke. Is his name David Duke? Yeah, David Duke. Um, and all these other individuals that he has been associated with, that he has hung out with, that he has called, called all good people, so forth and so on. We know he have, he had downplayed all this. Okay? We know this. And actually downplaying it has actually made things, I'm not going to say it's made it worse. It has brought it out more into the open. And we have seen this example after example. We have. You know, a black guy in the, in, in the park grilling. You know, y'all call it barbecuing. I, I'm from the South. He was grilling. He wasn't barbecuing. He put no sauce on nothing. So he was grilling. And I didn't get the police called on him. You know, a, a black politician walking through the neighborhood, you know, knocking on doors, get have the, the police called on them. 
If that's not white nationalism, white supremacy, I don't know. Of course, they're not going to put those, that, that name. They're not going to put the name on that. They're not going to do that. Ah, okay, good, cool. All right, so um, anyway, <laughs> however, if you go and do a little research, and, and, you know, as I was reading, I'm like, oh, my goodness. You know, there has been an attempt by the FBI, yes, the FBI, for some time, for some time to classify white nationalism or or, or what you call it, um, supremacy, white supremacy as a terror group. However, unlike Ms. Owens has said, it hasn't been the Democrats or the IE liberals who have held back that classification. It has been the her so-called conservative buddies and friends. All right. Now, since 9-11, since 9-11, since there were no numbers, she claimed there, there were no numbers at this time. Um, since 9-11, see, these are things they don't want to talk about. But we're going to talk about it here today because that's what I want to do. Um, since 9-11, from 2009... Yeah, to through through twenty eighteen, the far right has been responsible for seventy three percent of domestic extremist related fatalities. Okay, and this is according to twenty nineteen study. So this is not something um, um this this is not something that that is just you know um, not up to date because it's up to date. Um, the FBI was, has warned against the rising domestic threat for years, but has not had a receptive audience in the White House. As a result, agency leadership has not historically prioritized white supremacist vi- violence, even among hung- homegrown threats. For years, listing echo terrorism as the top risk. Now, this is according to a former agent, Michael German. All right. Um, and here's something that was really interesting. The prospect of the first black president sparked a sharp rise in far right groups from the so-called Patriot movement. <laughs> All right. And of course, they adhere to anti-government militias, according to, to the um, D, uh, Department of Homeland Security. All right, Mr. Daryl Johnson, a former senior analyst at the Department of Homeland Security, whose 2009 report on right-wing extremism was lambasted by conservatives even before its release, even before it was put out, they were putting it down. So Ms. Owens' argument has no, as, as they say back in the day, that dog won't hunt, baby. That dog will not hunt. Okay. Um, before I'm afraid we reached a tipping point where we in for this kind of violence for a long time. Now that what Mr. Johnson said. Johnson, who led a six-person group at the Department of Homeland Security Office of Intelligence and Analysis, 
began working on a report about the rise of right-wing extremism. It warned that white nationals, anti-government extremists, and members of other far-right groups were seizing on the economic crisis and Obama's ascension to recruit new members. Johnson was preparing to release his report when a similar study by the Missouri Information Analysis Center meant for law enforcement officers was leaked to the public in February 2009. The paper titled The Modern Militia Movement linked members of these militias to fundamentalist Christian anti-abortion and anti-immigration movements. Now, y'all, did y'all hear those last few words there? I want you to hear what they said. Fundamentalist Christian, anti-abortion, and anti-immigration movements. Hey, that sounds like all them conservatives over there, doesn't it? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that uh, the, the Democrats are right either, because we do know that they're part of the problem as well. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there because, unfortunately, that the the the, the I'm sorry, I'm, I'm typing in chat room at the same time. Um, the 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 narrative is uh, white supremacists, you know, doesn't exist according to Republicans and people like Candace Owens, who feels like uh, we have done it ourselves. You know, we just being hyped up. Well, that is not true because it is true. The numbers back it up. <clears throat> in 2018, the Extremists killed at least 50 people in the U.S. Okay, that was a sharp increase from the 37 extremist-related murders documented in 2017. Though still lower than the totals for 2015, which were 70, and 2016, 72, the 50 deaths make 2018 the fourth deadliest year on record for domestic extremist-related killings since 1970. Now, here's the interesting thing about it. You keep hearing these individuals up there on the hill. They they are okay. They continue to push the narrative or the rhetoric about countries like Iran. Um, um, who else they they push? Uh, you know those Middle East countries that are the threat to national security. But the numbers. And the records are showing that, no, it's not nobody outside this country. This is homegrown terror. Those that swear they are white nationalists, white supremacists, they're, you know, they, this is their country. And it has started from the top, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. Simple. But it's embarrassing and upsetting to see someone like Candace Owens, who, don't get me wrong, the child has a brilliant mind. She really does. And she is, she's, hey, she's played both sides. <clears throat> and right now she's on the other side. And she has some, some, some decent ideas. <clears throat> don't get me wrong, she has some decent ideas. Some of them that I could get along with. But for her to sit here and say, um, among her top 100 uh, things that wouldn't be on it is wrong because whether she knows it or not, he's been affected by it every day, just like the rest of us. 
It just has a first her little bubble like it needs to. You know, and that is the issue. I would have thought she learned her lesson when they broke her down about speaking bad about the Jews, but yet she still hasn't learned the, the, her lesson. And until it, it really smacks her in her face, I think she she will learn. But that is how they do it, y'all. They get those individuals that have they feel that have been scorned and they feel they've been treated wrong by one side or the other, and they get up there and they they go on and go on. And on. They don't say anything new. They don't say anything new. Every time they speak, it's the same thing over and over again. All right, there's nothing new about it. However, they always have a way to try and discredit what's already out there. But we don't we don't bother to take a look at it. We just go by what they and oh yes, Candace Owens at it again. You know, but let's see, is there any truth behind what she's saying? So you have to double check them just like you double check everybody else. Even the ones you agree with, you have to double check them. And that's a fact. That's a fact. Come on, Pete, tell me what you got to, what you what you thinking on this. Because I, I know you ready for this one. Talk to me, no, my child. No, no, no. no, no. We, we didn't talk about Candace Orange, you know, before. It's nothing new with her. You know, just. No, I got nothing. I take you then. I'm not. I'm not. So do you so do you think white nationalism should be classified as a terrorist organization? It do you think? Be, but they're not gonna do that. It, it, it really should be. It, it 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 really should be. I mean, we are just because we're pro black. We are. <laughs> I mean, you know, but because of their disillusion of superiority. And and, and privilege, you know, that's not going to happen. You mean to tell me, okay, you're gonna you're gonna victimize your own self? No, you're not gonna do that. Are you gonna label your own self? Let's be realistic. No, we're not gonna do that. But because, um, as I said, the the disillusion of being superior to everything. And everyone else, they think they have the right to label any and everyone that does not agree with their masochistic agenda. So for anyone to really think that, you know, uh, nationalists are going to be listed as as, as terrorists or whatever, uh, no, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Okay. Ah, oh, let's see. Pianki in the chat room says, Candace is a great person. Y'all better get used to different black factions. You know, Pianki, once again, I don't have a problem with Candace with some of the things she say. I don't. Some things she says make sense. But some of the things she said is just ridiculous as well. And, and you and know it, what? There's, you know what? And there's nothing wrong with different black fashions. As you say, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's not. sad that 
don't have our own to where we don't have to depend on one side or the other, you know, that this political party that has been placed upon us, you know, uh, uh, how can I say, that we are, uh, are forced to deal with. Because my thing is, hey, let's get away from both of them, do our own thing. That would be wonderful. It really would be. But then again, in order to do that, you know, we will have to come together, and that may be the problem. That is the problem. That is. You know what? I and and honestly, Pianki, don't give me no 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 definition of nationalness. Okay, I I don't even want to see that because here's the thing about it: definition means one thing, but actions means totally something different. You know, and, and you run in that same course that Candace Owens is right now. Okay. And it's bull crap. <laughs> it's bull crap. Uh, I'm just gonna call it like it is. It's bull crap. And and if for us to fall into that, you know, definition, a noun, a person who strongly identifies with their own nation, how can you have a nation when dang it you took it from somebody else? Is it really your nation? Huh? Is it your nation? Yeah. You're right. There is no us. See, and, and then here's the other here's the other side of uh, of the of the whole argument with this nationalism, whether it's white nationalism, black nationalism. You have first know thyself. He says, Mister Talk. You know we have our own government. So how can you sit there and say we need to do our own thing, yet you don't move on the information that I've given you. Simple, because you still relying on the resources from the other people, from the government that you say you you different from. But you have no resources. You say you have your own government, but yet you still got to go through the same course I do if something was to happen. Now, you may stand there and say, well, I'm a citizen, whatever, and the folk going to look at you and say, yeah, but you've been doing these 15 years. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. That's the. I, I'm just gonna tell it like it is. It, it's one thing to say you have this, but yet you're not in your own country. So you have your own government. Each each state has their own government. Each city has their own government. My resources are my time, money, and my energy. And where have that gotten you? You still use their water. You still use their electricity. Their right? money. Their, their money. Their if you were to create your own money, what value would it have? There wouldn't be any. Let's be honest. So it sounds good. Or to go to war with somebody with your government, where where will you get your equipment from? Would you go to war by yourself? And who would you go to war with? How will you defend yourself? Once again, it sounds good. It sounds good. <clears throat> 
He says their water and their electricity. That's the people money and the people water and electricity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that. Yeah, it is. It's the people's. They try to get uh-huh. I was gonna say, miss that monthly bill and let's see how they treat the people. <laughs> let's see how they treat the people. I'm not against, uh, and and if there was a way to do it and make it work, heck yeah, heck yeah, I, I'm I'm for that. But right now we don't have that. We don't have that. Pianki says Negroes have no history or kicking the white man's AWS other than a, in a sport entertainment arena. If so, show me where. Well, Pianki, you know, our history has been whitewashed to where we have created and invented so many things in this country that are in use today. Built cities. You know, engineers. So it's there, but it has been whitewashed. It has been hidden, taken away. But you know what? Get him, Pete. Tell him about it. Because I need to drink some water. My throat was hurting. <laughs> I didn't yell too much. Go ahead, Pete. Get him. Because you're reading like I'm reading. Drink your water. Drink your water and get back home because you have to. I done told you this and I done, uh, several times. You know, people don't believe what they're going to believe. I'm not finna argue nobody's opinion. Let them believe that. Whatever truth you live is how you live. If that makes you happy, that's what it is. That's what it is for you. But when reality comes in and smacks you in your face and you realize, hey, to some of them people, I'm just another nigga. I know we don't use that word on the program, but that's just the reality of it. See, until that time comes, you know, people are going to live under under the illusion of, you know, equality. And it's not, not in this country, when everything has to be defined by kind. Or gender, or specified sexuality, it will never be equal. It will never be equal. As long as those things have to be defined, and you can be classified and put in a class, it'll never be equal. You know, so we can go around and around and talk about black nationalism, white nationalism, and all of that. See, but... The fact at the end of the day, it still is what it is. They have agendas that exclude people more and more daily. Because once the power is taken away, what do they have? And if nobody, if you've been indoctrinated in, 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 in the point where you, you don't or can't or won't or don't know how to, you know, as our other brothers used to say, you know, back in the, in the 70s and 80s, fight the power, then you accept what you can get. That you know, that's that's just the truth of the matter. You know, like I said, I'm I'm not going to argue a point with with anybody who already <laughs> you know stuck in their beliefs. You leave uh-huh. them there. You leave them there. What for? It's pointless. It's useless. Mm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. 
Let's see. What do we got going on here? It says, none other than ancient times, no black skin group has ever kicked the white man's butt. So who would want to live under that? Ah, uh, well. Hmm. You know, we're going to leave. And anyway, and who is he talking to? Who is he talking for? You know, like I said, that's, that's, that's his own opinion. You you still under, you know, that glorified the white man syndrome. I'm not. People are people. And until, you know, we really begin to, to see people like that, then nobody is any better than anybody else. You still got the folks on, you know, that, that, that slave and master mentality. And, and it's not. Wrong is wrong and right is right. And he don't put nobody up on no pedestal. For what? For what? You, you, you know what? It, it's interesting that you say that. You know, because you, like you said, back in the seventies, you know, uh, um, had the Panthers. You know, you had uh, the the Black and the Proud movement, and all that was classified. You know, that could be classified as nationalism, right? We, we were proud. You know, we had our thing going on, but that was classified as what? Militants, revolutionaries. Yeah, militants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is interesting to say. And and the problem with that is that, as usual, our own people was the one that infiltrated and and was the cause of the downfall. Yeah. Yeah. um, You know. Like I said, you know, if you don't tell, if you don't want to tell the truth, tell, tell the whole truth. Tell the whole <laughs> truth. You know, not just not just part of it. Tell the whole story. You know, we we get so hung up on one or another, but nobody wants to really face what what really happened. You know, in establishing these so-called United States. Uh, yep, that is so true. Um. Okay, we we gonna roll on from there because there's uh, I want to talk about this Iran situation as well. Speaking of white uh, of nationalism and all that good stuff and messing with brown people and, and stuff like that, the United States has decided they're gonna send troops to Saudi Arabia. Um, the the language says they would be in defense mode. You know. Mainly anti-rockets and stuff like that. My take on this whole thing is, why are we sending troops to defend oil? Huh? Why are we... And that's basically what we're doing. That is exactly what we're doing. You know, um, they continue to want to blame Iran for for the the, the, um, oil... Uh, processing centers being bombed, they will continue want to want to blame them. And their theory is now, this is their theory, and I'm I'm gonna show you just how uh, 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 <laughs> hypocritical this country we live in is. Okay, now the Saudis have presented some items, you know, that they said well. As you can see, they are Iranian-made. They they have Iranian markings and stuff like that on it. Okay, so Iran did it. But wait a minute. 
wait a minute. Here's something that's very interesting. The United States supplies Saudi Arabia with weapons, aircraft, ammunition, and Saudi Arabia is over in a war with Yemen. So can you say every time Saudi Arabia bombs somewhere in in, in Yemen, you know, a neighborhood or a business or whatever, can you use that same theory and say, well, the United States did it. They're responsible. But you don't hear that from them, do you? No, because why? Because they're hypocrites. They're full of crap. Now they finna send some of our soldiers over there to guard. And basically, this is what they're doing. They're going to guard the oil field. They are. Because I know some of y'all have to have no idea about this. But Saudi Arabia has never fought their own war, okay? Their soldiers are too lazy. Their country is lazy. Okay? They, they're, they're rich. They're fat, and they don't do much. I'm not telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I've seen. They don't do much. They will get somebody else. If it has to be some Indians, some some uh, 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 Egyptians, it don't matter. Somebody will fight their war for them because they're not going to fight it. Hence comes the United States. Here comes the mighty United States. We would do it because it threatens the international, that's what they say, the international wealth. Now, the bottom line is everything they have done to try and make Iran do what they want to do. Iran has said, no, it's not happening. We're not doing it. Okay? No. Now, the sanctions may be hurting their economy, but they're still surviving. But if you have noticed, there have been many threats by this country there. We're going to go to war, and we're going to blow up. But you haven't seen them go over there and do it yet, have you? There's a reason why. There's a reason why. Because there is no support for that. See, this whole thing goes all the way back to the last George W. Bush told. Okay? And every chance Iran and those countries over there that the United States try and bully wants to bring forth, that's what they're saying. Hey, these are some more lies that you told, just, just like you told before. Why are we, you know, <laughs> why are you believing this? Why are you believing this? Now, the president of, of Iran recently said, uh, hey, United States, you and all your Western buddies, get out of our region. Let us, handle, let us handle our own business. No, let us handle our own security. We can take care of this if you just get out the way. Yeah, that's what he said. Get out the way. Move. He said Iran's plan would focus because he said he would have his, he got his own security, more security for the region. And, and the United States and Western countries' presence has always been a calamity for this region. Yeah. And the further you go from our region and our nations, the more security will come for our region. Okay, he said he has a, a security plan that would focus on providing security in the Persian Gulf, the Strait of Hormuz, and the Gulf of Oman, with help from regional countries. 
Iran has boasted its naval cooperation with China, India, Oman, Pakistan, and Russia in recent years. See, and that's another reason why you just they can you can you not just gonna go in that country, the country of Iran, like you did Iraq. Okay, it's simple. You're not gonna do it. Why aren't you gonna do it? Because then you're gonna bring China into it. You're gonna bring Russia into it. This is World War Four. Because World War Three already is going on. Y'all just don't realize it because it's a, 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 what they call that thing. P, help me out. What you call it? Um, cyber War. Cyber War. Uh, it's cyber a cyber war. war going on. Yeah. But the next one's oh, not yeah, going to be a right. cyber they did, they, did, they did shut down them tankers. <laughs> that's right. They did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they should. And, you know, that's the that's the other the thing that that is so funny. You know that the United States had to actually come out and say, yes, there's a possibility that those tankers were hacked. Duh, you couldn't figure that out. Like I figured it out. I mean, really. But now, you know, you got mud on your face, so you got to come tell it, tell the truth now. And that is what Iran is saying. You know, y'all y'all blame for so much, but when the truth come out, we have nothing to do with it. It's your own doing. It's the United States doing. So he said, look, get out. Take you and your cronies and get out. Now the United States, they're going to put a patrol out there in the uh, in, in over there, you know, to make sure the oil tankers go through safely. Well, everything was going fine until that idiot up there in 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue decided he wanted to uh, um, get away from uh, uh, um, this nuclear deal. Now, they're giving reasons why. Well, Israel didn't like it. One of the real reasons why he wanted to get Israel didn't like it. And see, that's another thing. It's like the United States. Usually, the United States has its puppets, you know, like in countries like Iraq, you know, you know Saudi, a couple of other places. But it, it's more like the United States is Israel's puppet right now. Israel say, get them. United States say, okay, we're going. We're going. We're going to get them. Yeah, we're going to get them. To what, is, what, what, what expense, you know? What expense? You know, now we sending soldiers over to guard, to guard oil. We done been there before. We done been through this before. But the, the, the narrative is never about oil. It's about the international international security. And Iran, yeah, no, it's about the oil. Protect the oil. If you were so worried about, if you were so worried about um, um, uh Security and, and uh, people dying, then you would stop Saudi Arabia, who you should happen, you just happen to be supplying the weapons to, from bombing these people in Yemen. And then the Houthis would stop bombing Saudi Arabia. It's just that simple. That's all they saying. Stop bombing Yemen and we'll stop. We'll, we won't attack anymore. Stop they saying. But if you continue. If you continue to bomb, then don't expect us to stop either. 
So by proxy, you have a war going on between Iran and the United States, just from different sides, you know, because their equipment is being used. But wait a minute. Here's something else that's interesting that I know a lot of you have forgotten about, but I'm going to bring it up to you. Remember that journalist that was killed? They chopped up, put in a bag, and claimed they had no idea what happened to him? Saudi Arabia, y'all remember that? That American journalist? Then later it came out that um, Saudi Arabia was actually responsible for killing this journalist. Now, isn't it interesting that all of a sudden nobody, you know, nobody has been held responsible for that. Nobody has been charged or, or punished for that. But yet you're going to run to this same country. Uh-oh, excuse me. You're going to run to the aid of this same country that lied to you about when your own is being killed and you're going to protect them. How does that How does that work? How does that work? See, in other words, that's why you can't believe nothing these folk tell you. You can't. You know, in the international communities and these countries like uh, um, uh, 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 Yemen, Iran, you know, used to be Iraq to the United States, put their puppet up in there. Uh, and a couple of the other, uh, they're beginning to tell the truth. Look, don't, don't come over here with that. Your hands are bloodier than any of us over here. You have caused all this to happen. And it's the truth. It is the truth. Even U.S. intelligence inspectors said Iran was abiding by the nuclear agreement. They told that knucklehead that. But yet, but yet, because he's the the best negotiator there is, and because Obama did it, we're stepping out at the you know the 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 egging on of, of voting. We're getting out of this. This didn't do it in Israel. It's not Yuhu. You know the other thing about that is not Yuhu. He um. <laughs> You know, he's in trouble in his own country because they just had a second election and uh, he lost a whole lot of support over there. So they, they're they actually trying to form a, go, a, new, a new government. So he may not have the juice he used to have, which is interesting. But it's interesting. You went after North Korea. North Korea said, man, screw you. Yeah, we're going to play the game for a minute, but we're going to keep firing these these missiles. And, and they've been firing their missiles. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody said it. But Israel, Israel, hey, they finding underground um, nuclear sites in Iran. You know, and then all of a sudden they can't find it because they blew it up. <laughs> really? Where's the logic in this nonsense? We have a world of hypocrites, a world of confusion, a world of bullcrap artists. That's what I'm going to call it. And you know why? Uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to say it, you know, and I hate saying it like this, but I'm going to say it because the white man cannot stand and wait and see somebody else thriving successfully. Boom. There it is. It has to be in control. That's it. I said it. <laughs> Pianchi, I know Pianchi got mad at me over that one. But that's the truth. That's the truth. That's the truth. The fear. The fear. The fear of not being in charge, not being able to do what you want, control stuff. You know, that, that is that is it. United States, come out of them people country. I've said this before. Bring our troops back and let them do what they're going to do over there. They're working out. They've been working out for centuries. Stop being Israel's puppet. And that's what it is, Israel's puppet. <laughs> and think about it now. When when Obama was, 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 was president, what did they do? They brought Notting you who all the way over and had him speak in front of Congress that the Republicans did. Y'all remember that? Y'all remember that? Not to mention that Israel is bombing the Palestinian side, you know, in their little little place. You understand what I'm saying? Y'all see how this is working here? I can do what I want to do to you, but don't you say nothing about what I'm doing over here. Because, you know, I'm throwing the rocks, but my other hand is behind my, my back. I am for the United States being the world power it has been. Of course you are. Of course you are. Until they start marching your butt to that conversation camp because you got dark skin just like the rest of us. But anyway, go ahead, P. We got 15 minutes. I know I've been going on. Go ahead and get yours in. Um, <laughs> why, why you do that? Why, why, why do, why do you do me like that? <laughs> you know, you know. We already know from the beginning of the time it's always been about oil, and we also know that a lot of the wars that happen over there in those regions, they. Uh, the weapons that they have, the training that they have is from the, is from the United States. I told you they like you know they like to throw the rock and hide their hand and then say, okay, well we're gonna come over and bomb your country for you know whatever reason because you're not giving us what we want. It's only about money. At the end of the day, it's about money. All is money. You know so. It's 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 no surprise. It's no surprise. You know, as as we know, if you watch the documentary documentaries about you know nine eleven, we know the truth behind all of that as well. You know, these are not these are not things that that are not on an agenda that haven't already been planned out 
and are now just being executed. They're just coming to the forefront. But they've been in the background, you know, of those in authority in the political realm for, for decades, for decades. You know, so they're, 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 you know, whatever comes up, you know, we know it's only half truth and lies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we shouldn't, we so shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be caught off guard when somebody says, oh, well, this is what we're, we're going to do. We know it's all about oil. And no, no, they was not going to, not going to, um, Really take seriously that journalist being um, being killed, being cut up and killed. They knew what happened to him. It was never really a real investigation. They were not that concerned because once again, what's more important, you know, we 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 got to keep the oil flowing. But mm-hmm. nobody nobody asked the question: What happens, you know, when the oil runs out? <laughs> That's a good question, but wait a minute. We're supposed to be um, uh, um, dependent free from the rest of the world. We should have enough. Hmm. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. we had, if, if it real, if there were really oil reserves like that, like that here, <laughs> you know, and it very well may be for the elite, but we talking about the rest of the people. If there really were all reserves like that, we wouldn't continually be at war in the Middle East, regardless of what anybody else says. Come on now, it's just common sense thinking. I guess you said it right. No, no. Yeah. You're right. I agree. I agree. All right, we got about 12 minutes left, so... um. Let's go on and, and get ready to finish this. Oh, nope, not today, Pianki. I'm not opening your line today. Nope, you won't sidetrack the show today with that nonsense. All right, so <laughs> um, last show we had some questions about uh, citizenship and immigrants and stuff like that, and I told you I'd go ahead and do some research on it. And um, – Mr. Pianchi said that the United States does not allow dual citizenship. Well, he was wrong. The United States does allow dual citizenship without any restrictions. However, there are a few circumstances that may have you know, that may cause you to have your dual citizenship removed. Uh, let's see. It has also not taken da 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 da. Typically, no American would give up his or her citizenship by undertaking the responsibilities of citizenship in another country. This is true even if the responsibilities include traveling with a foreign passport, voting in another country's election, or running for and or serving in public office of another country. In most cases, it is unimportant to U.S. authorities whether another country also claims you as a citizen. (laughs) The loss of U.S. citizenship can only occur if a person's actions prove an intent to give up his or her citizenship. Such actions may include serving in the armed forces of a country which is engaged in hostilities against the United States, formally renouncing one's U.S. citizenship in front of a duly authorized U.S. official, committing an act of treason against the United States or or conspiring to overthrow the U.S. government, (laughs) <laughs> okay, although it is rare, some countries will revoke a nation a nation's uh, citizenship when c- citizenship is acquired elsewhere. 
Other countries require renunciation of any prior citizenship as a condition of naturalization. It is important to carefully read all the rules of citizenship for each country. All right, so there you have it. Basically, the United States don't care as long as you don't do anything that's going to embarrass them. <laughs> you know? But no, you're not required to give up any. They don't care what you do. You say you can go and vote in somebody else's election. Yeah, anyway. Now, the other thing was about uh, illegal immigrants and crime. Now, here's the thing about that those numbers. You know, it's really hard to get an actual account of numbers on that because every state or every city does not report crimes by illegal aliens. They just don't break it down like that. So I had to find what I had to find. And, of course, I went to where? Homeland. Um, where, where did I go? Um, U.S. Customs and Border Protection. And why not? They're the one who deal with them, right? <laughs> so. In 2018, see, this is 2019, so to date, year to date. See, this goes to prove, you know, you call out numbers, but when you go and look, sometimes the numbers just don't don't jive with what people are yelling out there. Assault, battery, domestic violence, so far there's been 279 this year. Burglary, robbery, larceny, theft, fraud, 169. Driving under influence, 571. Homicide, manslaughter, two. Illegal drug possession, trafficking, 420. Illegal entry and reentry, 2,500. Illegal weapons, 56. Oh, I'm sorry. Illegal weapons, possession, transport, trafficking, 56. Sexual offenses, 55. And that goes for a total of 775 offenses. Now, in fiscal year 18, it was 1364 total. 17, 1851. 16, 25, 44. So, now, as I said, sometimes you got to look at both sides. Now, if you have a, the good thing is the crime rate is not that bad for legal, you know, right now. It has gone down. So, maybe, just maybe, a little bit of the immigration policy is working, just maybe. However, as I said, all this stuff is not being reported, so we don't know, you know, how much is really happening, how much is not really happening. But as far as the numbers from borders, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, hey, the numbers are going down, so there's some improvement there. I know some of y'all hate that I had to say that, but let's be honest. If if you know. If it's good, it's good. I'm sorry. And as you can see, the numbers have have steadily fallen as crime, according to the Border Patrol. So maybe there is some some to that little immigration policy going on that has slowly, you know, dwindled the the criminal criminal aspect of illegal immigration. I don't know. That's what the numbers tell me anyway. I keep looking. All right, so <laughs> I keep looking. All right, we gonna get out of here, but we ain't gonna go no further because I, no, I'm not gonna go any further today. I think that was good. All right, P, give me some last words. Good, inspirational. Something that's gonna make me get up and dance. No, I ain't got that for you. 
No, I ain't got that for you today. Just just be true to who you are. You know, regardless of what's going on in the world, regardless of what's going on around you, just be who you are and don't be ashamed of it. You know, self-love you know, is the greatest thing that you can have because in having that, then you all know and be able to appreciate and love others just the way they just are. The way they, that's it. That's it. Hmm. That's it? That's it. That's it. <laughs> okay. All right. I can't argue with that. Thank you, Bell. As always, appreciate you hanging in there with us. I love it, love it, love it. And I'll see you on Friday. All right, y'all. Here we go. You know, we we put out a whole lot of stuff today. We talked about a whole lot of things. But the bottom line is, you know, we're all humans, right? We're all humans. We all, whether we like each other, we don't like each other, you know, we still have to we have to coexist here because this is the, it's the only planet we live on. Now, we know there's some rich, you know, jokers that probably won't score to Mars or whatever. Well, let them go. Fine. Fine. You know, it, it's amazing how you take people like Candace Owens and Others that just want to continuously make it about skin color, you know, the limitation of your skin. But on the bottom of it, if you take the skin away, y'all look the same. We all look the same. You know, some have bigger, you know, midsections than others. You know, bigger lips, you know, what have you. But the bottom line is we all look the same. You know, we do. It's amazing how we have, we just want to rule. One group want to rule all the time, and every time the other group tried to fight back, you know they throw something else at you. Y'all need to start praying. That's what y'all need to do. Start praying. I know some of y'all don't believe in that. That's fine. Whoever whatever you believe in, you need to get it together because it's not that you know. And, and, and I'm not a preacher. I'm gonna tell you straight up. I ain't no. Time is not time is not long, y'all. It's really not. Time is short. You know, we walk around here like you know everything is fine. But if you look at what's going on in the world today, you look at the signs. Time is not long before the end. It's really not. We need to get together. That we do, and we shall. All right. Okay, so I'm going to get out of here. That's enough for me. I love you. Thank you all for hanging out with me today. It's been fun. Uh, Yeah, I didn't take no calls today because I wanted to get my points across. You know, sometimes I have to do that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Y'all may be upset, but, hey, I have to get my points across sometimes. Sometimes I can't let you get because you derail what I'm my train of thought, and I need to get it out there. So I apologize if, you know, you're upset because I didn't let you in today. It's okay. We'll get you next time. All right. So, cuz, thank you for hanging out with us. You know, hey, appreciate it. <laughs> Triple one, I see you. Two, five, four. You know I got you. All right. So, anyway, thank y'all for hanging out, man. It's been fun. We're going to bring you another show Friday. Don't know what it's going to be about. Just hang. Just come find out. I'll be here, hopefully. Okay. All right, so just remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, forgive with open heart, but make sure you're forgiving yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself. You can laugh at yourself, everything else is just groovy, baby. All right.
So we're going to take you out of here with some new addition. Cool it now, because that's what this country needs to do. Cool it now. Get some good music going, man. Get the vibe going. You don't want to fight, then. You just want to chill. You know what I mean? All right, y'all have a good one. Enjoy your week. See y'all back here Friday on Let's Talk. This has been Let's Talk on Blog Talk Radio. I'm your host, Mr. Talking, for my co-host, P. Ross. Y'all have a great week. See you then. We're out of here.